to the Niners Nation podcast. It's bye week. The Niners are off after dropping to the Saints. With you, as always, is Niner Nate here to try and give you some positive outlook on the San Francisco 49ers. And with me this week is my good friend, Leo Luna, who I keep bringing on because, you know, I like a little bit of positivity on my show. How are you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on once again. I, I, I enjoy doing these with you um, because that positivity is, I think, a two-way street. Um, I like being positive myself because this team does have a lot of potential, and I think we both see that evenly. And I think that's the biggest thing is every win or every loss for the 2020 49ers is a win for the 2021 49ers. I mean, it was so obvious yesterday, and we'll talk more about this Saints game in a little bit here, but it was so obvious how much they are hampered by just not having any quarterbacks on the roster. And the more they lose, the closer they get to a guy like I talked about last week on the show, like a Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, heck, even Trey Lance if they lose enough games. But uh, real quick, let's get into a quick NFC West uh, check-in. Uh, big shakeup. The current champions of the NFC West, if the season ended right now, would actually be Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. They take out the Buffalo Bills, who destroyed the Seattle Seahawks last week, 32-30. to 30, And, man, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins being in this division is really scary. It's a good thing the Niners have a great defense, and they'll be fine. Also in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks dropped two in a row, this time to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams take out the Seahawks 23-16, to 16, and, don't, and the Rams are now second place in the NFC West. The Seahawks are third, and the 49ers, who lose to the New Orleans Saints 27-13, are, are fourth place. And this is crazy. This is like opposite year in the NFC West. What do you think, man? It is. Um, I was never really an Arizona believer because I always – made the point hey cliff kingsbury couldn't even win with patrick mahomes playing in the big 12 well all you need is offense and no defense he couldn't win there what changes my mind that he's gonna win within the nfl um with a second year quarterback like kyler murray i have been quickly proven wrong through 10 weeks of the nfl season they're doing it and, and it's just weird because like we said the 49ers should have been the clear favorite coming into the season uh, injuries hampered them and now they're on the bottom and Arizona's doing what the 49ers did last season and they're on the top. And the thing is, I, I think the biggest factor with the Cliff Kingsbury thing is I think there's a lot of times where Kingsbury actually limits Kyler Murray. I think it's Steve Kime. He's drafted a tremendous team over there in Arizona. Buda Baker is currently what? Probably, probably the defensive player of the year, I think. And Kyler Murray has DeAndre Hopkins, who's a top three receiver. He's proven yet again this season. He's a top three receiver in the league. And, you know, they don't even need a decent running back when they have Kyler Murray running the ball constantly. So, I mean, they're, they're a real threat. And they could go into Seattle this Thursday and knock off Seattle and hand Seattle their third loss in a row, which would be pretty crazy because I don't think Seattle's ever lost three in a row in the Pete Carroll era. Yeah, I don't think so as well. And it honestly wouldn't surprise me because over the past four games, the Seattle Seahawks record is one in three. Ignore the five and zero start. They are one in three over the last four games. That one win came against a completely injured 49ers team. And now they're going to play this Arizona team who is pumped up, is ready to take over the division while the 49ers are having a down year. And 
it wouldn't come to a shock at all if, to see Seattle lose three in a row because of that. They can't stop a nosebleed on defense. They are terrible defensively. And, and not to talk too much about the Seahawks, but you're forgetting the most important stat. Russell Wilson has 10 turnovers in his last four games. Russell Wilson's playing the worst football of his career right now, which is insane. But this isn't the Seahawks box. I don't want to talk too much about him. But hey, Niner <laughs> fans, we're enjoying the fact that, yeah, maybe we might, we might suck. We might suck from injuries. But they have most of their players except for their running back, and they suck. <laughs> and their quarterback who was running when he won the MVP, he ain't winning the MVP no more. So we can at least take a little solace in that, that we can make fun of the 12s. Yeah, we may not win the division, but hey, the 12s aren't having a good time either. So we can have a little fun with that. Next, I want to get into our new segment we're going to do here now at the bye week. And that's the 2021 NFL draft order check-in. So what we're going to do every week is look at where the 49ers are picking, who's picking in front of them that could take a quarterback, and you know who Niner fans should be hoping to win some games so the Niners can move up in that draft order. And one thing I'll get real clear because a lot of people kind of got on to me last week about this idea of tanking. The No NFL team is going to straight up tank. That's just not going to happen. The 49ers are so decimated with injuries that they're probably not going to win a lot of football games. That's just how it is. When you don't have a quarterback on the roster who can even get the ball downfield and has to be literally catered to every minute of the game, you're not going to win a lot of games. So the biggest thing we have to look forward to is 2021. As we said last week, the Niners are a quarterback away. You get your quarterback of the future and you prosper next year. So we're going to be looking at the draft a lot and it's going to sound like I want them to lose. I never want the team to lose, but they're going to lose. That's just the fact of football. That's the fact of where this team is right now. So real quick, the Niners are picking 12th currently. So we're going to look at real quick at the teams in front of them. And if we think they're going to take a quarterback. So First overall, the New York Jets. I think they give up on Sam Donald and take Trevor Lawrence. Is that pretty much – that's got to be the, the, the gist right now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. At 0-9, why would they go on a stretch and win three games or even two games? That That's where they're at. And given the what we've seen from Donald over there in New York, it's a fair assessment. And that's from what I'm hearing out of that New York market. That's their goal. To take Lawrence. Okay, so he's off the board. Then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars at two. They're probably going to take Justin Fields most likely and give up on Gardner Minshew. They've lost eight in a row now, even though they put up with that Packers team pretty well. Yeah, they're definitely taking a quarterback. The fact they moved on from Minshew already tells me, okay, um, he's not our franchise guy. And then the, the guy they have rolling out now, he's not the franchise guy either. So they're, they're probably taking, yeah. yep, they're probably taking Justin Fields. So then we have the Dallas Cowboys, who they're kind of a wild card because they could technically give up on Dak Prescott if they wanted to, but most likely seems that they'll sign him long-term and maybe take a corner because their defense is absolutely terrible, maybe as bad as the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, um, that's definitely a team I would keep my eye on because if they were going to pay Dak, something tells me they would have done that already and not just kind of string him along this entire time until he gets hurt. And now do they want to give him that $40 million contract finally after he just shreds his ankle? I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm not going to say they, they're going to move on. I feel like on. they owe him that contract. Oh, they owe him, but it's the NFL. Jerry Jones is a businessman. And I'm not saying they're going to move on from him, but they're a team to keep an eye on uh, as far as taking a quarterback. Because essentially, even with the injury, you could trade Dak for two first rounds, and that defense is terrible. They could take a quarterback on a rookie deal there, take the two first rounds from Dak 
and just rebuild that way. But I, I, I think they keep Dak, but they're, they're a wild card that we should not ignore. And the next one is the Washington football team. I almost said the other name, the Washington <laughs> football team who is putting out Alex Smith and Kyle Allen this season. It seems like they've given up on Haskins completely. That's probably where Trey Lance is going most likely, right? Yeah, that, that would be most likely scenario. Something just, I still feel weird about them. I feel like they're going to make a Washington decision and not take an obvious need at quarterback. Um, if Alex Smith continues to put up 300 yard games, I just have that sneaky suspicion with them considering what they've shown as a franchise the past, what, 20 years. Yeah. They're, they're bizarre. They, they run so weird, but we're, so that's a team that the Washington, the Washington football team is a team. I think we're hoping get some wins and maybe can get out of the Niners range. Then we have, the Los Angeles Chargers, they have Justin Herbert. The Miami Dolphins, they have Tua Tagovailoa, Tungavaloa. The Cincinnati Bengals have Joe Burrow. The New York Giants, they're not going to quit on Daniel Jones, I think, yet. And I think they're going to move. I think they're going to win some games. Obviously, Niner fans, you want to be rooting for the New York Giants to win some games here. Um, because I, And I think they will because I think they're probably the best team in that horrible, horrible division, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. Um, yeah. If they do win that division, no way they take quarterback. And I think you're about to say that next. And if they come yeah. up a game shy, they still probably don't take a quarterback because they love Daniel Jones and that's their type of quarterback that they want. Exactly. And so the next we have the Carolina Panthers. They're trotting out Teddy Bridgewater right now. They, I'm pretty sure he has a three-year contract, mm-hmm. but I would still be rooting for Carolina to win some games just in case because they are a team that could take a quarterback here. And then uh, the Atlanta Falcons is a weird one because Matt Ryan has that big contract, a lot of money, a lot of dead money um, if they trade him or they release him. Do you think the Atlanta Falcons could take a quarterback? I absolutely think they can. Um, They could just sit him behind Matt Ryan for one year or even two years and let him be mentored and then roll him out for there. It just depends on if they like that guy as in Zach Wilson or uh, Mac Jones, depending if, if they like him, I think they would absolutely consider sitting him for two years, but that's also going to come down to the head coach and the GM. That's going to be a new regime there. And then picking 11th right in front of the 49ers currently, it's only the bye week obviously is the Denver Broncos who have drew lock. And I don't think they're going to give up on him this fast. I think they probably go edge rusher most likely, but what do you think? I, I, I think they're another wildcard team to where we got to keep our eye on them. Uh, they may decide to say, Hey, uh, also if they keep Vic Vangio, if they bring in an offensive guy, he may fall in love with Zach Wilson or uh, Mac Jones as well. And they're also their team that's decimated by injuries. They lost Vaughn Miller. They lost uh, their Cameron Sutton. So they could be an option to move back and maybe stockpile some picks. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're not taking a quarterback. But I think the big two that Niner fans should be watching during the bye week, I know there's no Niner football, is Carolina-Atlanta. You need them to win some games to move up and get closer to that bottom, you know, the top of the draft order. Obviously, you're never going to get to where the New York Jets and Jacksonville Jaguars are. But, you know, with four with four wins, I we'll get later in talking about the rest of the season – I don't see many more wins coming. This is probably a right where they're going to be in that 10, maybe seven is the lowest they go. And hopefully, you know, the quarterback they want is there, which is hopefully Zach, you know, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. And, you know, if somehow they land Justin Fields in a miracle, that's cool with me too. 
but I doubt that's going to happen. I feel a little iffy on those Ohio State quarterbacks, although Justin Fields is a completely different guy than they have been rolling out recently. Like I said, I feel iffy about Ohio State quarterbacks, but Joe Burrow was there as well. And most people feel iffy about BYU quarterbacks unless you're a Niner fan. And, you know, we had Steve (laughs) Young. So, I mean, that's the thing is Niners Twitter is all up in arms about Zach Wilson. And he was off this week. He didn't play. But, you know, I just have this feeling, you know, Steve Young, BYU. This one feels good. We'll see as the season goes on. I think he has two more games left in his season. So you guys will be able to watch him a little bit more. And I think Mac Jones actually was supposed to play this week, but COVID stopped that game. So hopefully we'll see what happens. We'll see what this draft order does as we go on, but we'll be checking out on this draft order a little bit shorter every week. This was just the first one. Um, Niners are currently picking 12th. So real, let's talk, let's talk about the game yesterday. Um, I feel like there was some bright spots about this game that we can actually talk about and have a little, you know, Niner fans can get a little bit happier about the good yesterday. I think, and you can, I think that this, Yesterday solidified the fact that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan really nailed the DeForest Buckner trade in a way that I think the whole week was, lead, was, was about the DeForest Buckner comments about how he wishes they paid him, blah, 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 blah. Kinlaw was awesome in this game. And I feel like he has a ceiling that actually might be higher than what we saw from DeForest Buckner. What do you think? I think with the people expecting Ken Law to be DeForest Buckner from day one is never going to happen. I don't care who it is as a rookie. Nick Bosa is obviously a different breed, and that's why I think a lot of it has to do with seeing what Nick Bosa did as a rookie last year as well to make people think that Ken Law could be DeForest Buckner from day one. It was not going to happen, and the sack total, it wasn't going to come eventually, and I see that as something that can just be – um, sticky now to so now he got his one and a half. Now he go into next game, get two, two and a half, three, four. And, and it's, I relate it to baseball. Basically you can have a baseball player that goes through a terrible stretch. It hits two for 25. And then next, you know, in his next 10 at bats, he gets eight hits with three home runs. I could see that very happening with Kinlaw because he did look great with his hands and that's something that's really separated Buckner from Kinlaw is being technical with his hand placement in the trenches and Kinlaw showed that yesterday that's how he got his sack that's how he created pressure in run defense and he is on the right step I think what makes it tough for all the fans is not necessarily Kinlaw himself replacing Buckner it's just seeing Eric Armstead not hitting the quarterback since week four yeah that's yeah, that's that's part of the bad. We'll get into a little bit. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about Iron quite yet. But the other guy, you know, the other first round pick is Brandon Ayuk, and I think I was one of those guys when they took Ayuk. I was mad because Judy was there, Rugs was there, uh, C.D. Lamb was there, and I think C.D. Lamb probably with a better quarterback is probably doing a lot better than he is right now. You know, him and Dak were balling, but it really feels like Ayuk is already a number one wide receiver on this team. And Debo Samuel is the perfect compliment. And I think Richie James is another great compliment. And I think, you know, we're finally starting to see a little bit more Richie James in the offense, which is great. You know, once Debo comes back, the wide receivers are really starting to feel solidified. It feels like Ayuk is the number one guy. What do you think? I think the same thing. And what people have been questioning with this 49ers team is quarterback play, quarterback play and offensive line play, which 
we you have those <laughs> you have those things off and this guy is still balling looking at his last three games you put up seven catches 75 yards eight catches 91 yards six catches 115 yards touchdown touchdown and then no touchdown so he has two touchdowns in his last three games actually three touchdowns in his last four games and the kid has been on a tear and he looks like the right pick I'm with you as far as when I saw Judy on the board um, and I saw CD lamb on the board, they essentially passed those guys up because Kyle Shanahan did say he saw Ayuk as his number one guy on the board. And from what it's looking like, he wasn't just saying that to make everybody feel good because they took Ayuk. <laughs> He's saying that because he actually believed it and we're seeing it come into fruition. Ayuk just, he's making veterans not look so much like veterans and he's a rookie. So the sky is the limit when it comes to oh, Brandon yeah. Ayuk. It really feels like Shanahan and Lynch proved every Niner GM wrong who wanted Judy, me included. I was wrong. Ayuk is the guy. He's currently the second best wide receiver in this class, I think, stat wise, you know, probably just down to Justin Jefferson, who I don't even think did much today against the Bears. But still, like Ayuk is a star. And once they get the quarterback of the future who can get this guy the ball, whoo. The Niners have some real, real talent. We talked a lot about this last week. The Niners have so much talent that once they have a quarterback, they will be Super Bowl contenders. They will be a scary team. No matter what Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker and all them are doing, they are still the kings of the NFC West once they get the quarterback. And that's the biggest thing. You know, I guess we'll go good, bad, good, bad. The biggest problem yesterday was this battle line. But here's the thing, and I, you, can, you can tell me if you think this is right. My, my idea is I think the O-line, yeah, it's not great, but the quarterback is so much worse than the O-line that it's making the O-line play 10 times worse. I think with a real quarterback, that O-line isn't a problem. What do you think? I, can, I agree to that because this O-line wasn't so much worse than last year. Like, I don't care about what the DVOA says or the pass blocking win grade says. Um, I, I think a lot of it does come down to the quarterback play because last year you had this team go on a tear offensively as far as points per game, oh, yeah. yardage, and they were out there with Justin School as your left tackle. You had Tomlinson, um, you had Garland, you had um, – Mike Person, <laughs> as well as Brunskill as your right tackle. That's not so much better than this current offensive line. Um, a lot of it just came down to Jimmy Garoppolo was playing good football. He was getting the ball out quick. This year, it seems like the quarterbacks are kind of teetering away from their first read if he's not immediately open, and then they don't really know to, where to go with the ball next. And it, it's just... I don't see it that much different than last year as far as who they had out there at a four-game stretch. This this offensive line, it's it'll be okay. Get Mostert back. They'll be fine. I, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, the quarterbacks are so bad on this roster that, that I feel like it's really holding the whole team down. You know, Mullins sucks, C.J. Beathard sucks, and Jimmy Garoppolo is average. So the thing is, is you're having this this – lack of any quarterback who scares a team, which is leading to more blitzes, more teams just, you know, okay, this guy can't throw. We're just going to go kill him any way we can. And 
yes, McGlinchey's getting killed every single play. Like, don't get me wrong. McGlinchey's getting killed. But, I mean, did you see what they were doing with, with Gardner-Johnson yesterday? The Saints knew that there was no chance Mullins was going to beat them, and Mullins gets happy feet as soon as anybody gets through the line. And they just took advantage of it. And I feel like with a real quarterback, like a Mac Jones, a Zach Wilson, heck, even a Sam Darnold, I don't know, maybe not Sam Darnold, but, <laughs> you know, a Dak Prescott, for instance. They manipulate a pocket, manipulate their line, and make the players around them better so that we're not getting killed like we are right now. I mean, this is – the O-line is pretty much unwatchable, but if you watch the quarterback, he's not helping them out whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. McGlinchey has been absolutely bad, and I would love for the 49ers to stick to their guns and say, hey – we're not giving you that fifth year option. We understand you play a pivotal position in this offense, but the way you're pass protecting, we're not giving you that fifth year option. You're going to have to earn that, that big salary because that's what that fifth year option would be is essentially a big salary. And, um, but even with McGlinchey playing that bad, he gets laid on his butt and gives up a pressure in about a second, probably three times a game. It's not yeah. happening every single pass. Uh, at most, it's three times a game he gives up a pressure in less than a second. It's not something, you know, so, yeah. like, there is ways that the quarterbacks can improve their play to not expose them as much. The, those three plays, McGlinchey gives up a, a pressure in, a, in less than a second. Yeah, I get it. I'll, I'll give the quarterback the benefit of the doubt. But if McGlinchey's at giving you at least three seconds, then I don't want to hear it because that ball should be out already. Yeah, and if you bring McGlinchey back and he has to play for, you know, he has to play for his contract going forward, he's going to work his butt off to protect whoever is the quarterback, I think, because he wants that big money. Every player does. And, you know, if it's only one season that he comes out and kills it, that's what it is. But, you know, I think they're going to pay Trent Williams. I really do. I think they're going to pay Trent Williams and Fred Warner in this offseason. I think those are the two big ones they're going to do. And this O-line for whoever comes in, hopefully a mobile quarterback or a quarterback who can at least move around, not stand like a statue, like Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo and CJ Beathard can make this O-line better next year. Because right now the O-line looks awful, but it probably isn't that much worse than last year. It's that the quarterbacks have been terrible. Look, so I don't like the Cardinals. This is not an Arizona Cardinals pod, Um, but Kyler Murray has a terrible offensive line. And right now he is the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. They didn't improve their offensive line last season. They actually drafted a guy in, in Josh Jones out of Houston, who was a projected first round pick and he's not even seen the field. So they didn't improve their offensive line, but yet his mobility is able to keep him as the least sacked quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. Exactly. When you have a great quarterback, it makes up for deficiencies on the rest of the team. Let's get back to a good thing. So real quick, there was a stat that you read out yesterday about our boy, Jason Verrett. I just want you to have the glory of reading out that stat real quick about Michael Thomas. So in Michael Thomas's career, he has never been a two reception guy in a game. Never, 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 never happened. The least he's ever caught in a game was three. But Jason Verrett held Michael Thomas to a career low, two receptions for only 27 yards. 
That is fantastic. And coming into that game, that's something I said. Jason Rett needs to be on Michael Thomas because he is able to T-step and break these guys' routes consistently. I remember when everybody talked up Jason Rett before he even played a game, started a game for the 49ers, was showing that clip when he played against Antonio Brown in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was like running Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown's routes for him. That's what he did yesterday to Michael Thomas. And it was outstanding because some people call Michael Thomas the best receiver in the NFL. Did not look like it yesterday with Varane on him. Jason Verrett is the man. I, I've said it a million times on this show. If they can find a way to sign him cheap, and yes, I know he's been injured a million times, but he's been so good that if they can have him and draft a corner in the second or third round after they get their quarterback, this secondary is going to be so good. And it's going to be so good because I think they have found the best safety on, on the team. And we're going to go good again real quick because it's just it worked. My segue worked. Tavarius Moore is just the man and is the best safety on the team. Am, am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's the best safety on this team. He's a 4-3 guy standing tall at 6-2. He has the most range, more than Jimmy Ward. Like Jim, I think Jimmy Ward is a fine player, and he gets, he gets downgraded more than he should by the general fans. Um, interceptions, but whatever. Because he doesn't get any turnovers, but he does. Like yesterday, he had a great pass breakup. But on those interceptions, this is what takes Tarverius Moore over the top over him. Tarverius Moore has better instincts, and he could get there quicker because he plays faster than Jimmy Ward. That interception in the Super Bowl, I get that feels like a century ago. <sighs> but he dove on that pass after it was uh, tipped, and he and he caught it. He picked off Patrick freaking Mahomes in the biggest game of the franchise since 2013. And that was straight on instincts. I said he looked like Michael Phelps diving into the pool before a race in the Olympics. Absolutely. That's and he has we seen that yesterday when they try to go to Alvin Kamara. He is so quick. He didn't get the tackle, but he made that into a negative play for the Saints just because that's how rangy he is. And he is the best safety on this team because he will have his interception opportunities. The Saints are not going to test down the field much. So I wasn't expecting to see that yesterday. But against a team like the Rams, who will like to try and throw downfield, the Bills, who will like to try and throw downfield, who are the next two opponents for the 49ers, I won't be shocked if Tarverius Moore gets an interception. I won't. And I think I think there's an argument that Tarverius Moore should be the starter going forward and the starter next year. I think that your starting safeties are solidified at this point because Tart's not coming back. I just don't see it. I just don't no. see any word that – and I love Jaquaski Tart, but they're just not going to pay him. When you mm-hmm. have Tarverius Moore and you have Jimmy Ward, I think that's your safeties. And then your corners will be a drafted guy and Jason Verrett, most likely. And then you have Emmanuel Mosley. There's still depth pieces there. And even Mosley might start until you bring in the guy you draft to play corner. But Akello's gone. We're starting to see, and that's one good thing about a lost season is you start to see things kind of get figured out for next season. Like we're starting to see, you know, where they're going to go with this, with this, this secondary that is, I mean, it was phenomenal with Chukwaski Tart, but I think it has the potential to be even better if they draft the right guy in the second or third round at corner and, and you know, get Verrett back. And, you know, Sherm's not – Sherm's going to play. Sherm will play this season. I guarantee Sherm will play. Is he going to play – What? Are you – are you – they could bring back Emmanuel Mosley 
Um, but that would be uh, he would, they would have to tender him. So basically, it's kind of like a one year deal, and then he's mm-hmm. an unrestricted free agent. Is your thought on corner to long term? And I, uh, assuming Emmanuel Mosley might get paid somewhere else if he's playing the way he is, and the 49ers may not want to match it, is is that your thought behind it? I think my thoughts are, I, I just don't see them paying Mosley long term. I think that they're gonna, I think they're gonna get Verrett on it on a on a on a deal for the team. I don't think he's going mm-hmm. to ask for a million dollars because he's been hurt so often. I, I mean, he's not gonna a million dollars is nothing in the NFL, but you know what I mean. Like he's not gonna ask for a big contract. I think that they're going to right. get a deal on him. Right. And because of that, I think it's going to help the 49ers. And I think for is your corner, as long as he doesn't get hurt, you know, knock mm-hmm. on some wood somewhere and, and, and you know, he's your corner next year. And then I think that your, your, your long-term solution is probably to draft a guy because I think your two biggest needs are corner or cornerback and quarterback and not in that order. Obviously I think quarterback is your number one need by far, nowhere close to anything else, but I think getting another cornerback, who can be on a long-term contract that you can put out there. You know, I love Mosley, but I mean, maybe they will tender him. I don't know. Um, I'd love to have him out there again, but I just don't see them paying him long-term. Got it. Okay. So they could tender him, which is pretty much a one-year deal um, for 3 million. And then after that, he would be an unrestricted free agent. But me saying that question out loud, it made taking a corner back in the second round, make more sense because Mosley is someone that can play from the slot and he could play the slot very well. Yeah. The 49ers could just turn Mosley into the nickel corner if they don't see him as a long-term answer. Yeah. And I think Kawan's contract is up and I kind of yep. like Jamar Taylor though. I'm not going to lie to you. Jamar Taylor has been really, really good. So, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll send him a text to let, to let him know to listen to this pod. So he <laughs> could hear, he could hear the J- Jamar Taylor hype train. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's been really good. That's the thing is like, it's, it's crazy, and I've talked about this every week on the show, despite the fact that they're so injured and so destroyed that they have all this talent in the secondary and all this talent linebacker, and they're still you know playing pretty decent football. Their offense can't score because they don't have a quarterback, but the defense is still really good, and we're seeing it every week how good this defense is. I mean, you held the Saints to 20 points for most of that game, and the Saints – scored 40 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is the best defense in the NFL. There was the best defense in the NFL <laughs> by a lot of people by the third quarter. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where this defense has so much talent and, you know, you for people forget Nick Bosa's coming back. Like right. he's not gone forever. And Kinlaw is going to be even better next year. There's, there's the thing is, it's like, you know, last season you look at bright spots. The defense is an absolute bright spot. The wide receivers are an absolute bright spot. And, and the quarterback situation just has to get fixed. But real quick, let's get into the last bad before we get into a, uh, the rest of the season run through. The last bad is Eric Armstead. And I love Eric Armstead. I hope he doesn't come after me on Twitter after the show posts. But he has been non-existent this season. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't have Nick Bosa but what, I mean, what do you, like, what do you think? I, I can't figure it out because I feel like, yeah, sure. Not having Nick Bosa is a big deal, but he should be a lot better when he's paid as high as he is. Yeah. I think what we're seeing from Armstead is, is a lack of motivation. Um, the, the same play yesterday that Tarverius Moore came in flying to break up 
on Camaro, which was a screen, ended up for a, a loss. I think Kinlaw rallied him and DJ Kinlaw and DJ Jones rallied for the tackle after Drake Greenlaw tried himself. Everybody sprinted to the guy with the ball, who was Camara. Eric Armstead did not, and it was clear on film. Um, and he kind of just jogged his way there. And then when he jogged his way there, Kamara just gave him a little move and Eric Armstead fell to his knee. So not trying to put the guy while he's down, since that's what Kamara did to him. But he's just, I'm seeing a lack of drive and a lack of motivation. It's kind of like once this team was at a Super Bowl caliber season last year, came seven minutes away, and now the team is torn with injuries. His best friend in Buckner is not on the team no more. It's nobody it seems like he's not he doesn't have that same drive doesn't have that same motivation to be great to be legendary as they said when Quan was on the team doesn't seem like he has that this year at least not in the past few games and that's really affecting his play I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I really like this guy but same same I feel like I want to give him the benefit of the doubt as well but when I see everybody sprinting to the ball and you're the one guy going 30% 30% to the ball. Nah, like I, I gotta be honest. Not a good look. I, I, I hope that maybe what, you know, he's, he's there long-term. So I, it's not like he's not going to be back next year, but I'm hoping maybe once Nick Bosa comes back, like we start to see the, the dominant Eric Armstead. And if we don't, then they have to start thinking about, you know, what you do with him going forward. Um, he's just been non-existent and that's, it sucks. And the bad reality of the situation is he is better playing inside when rushing the passer so that's affecting with him a bit because of due to injuries he is forced to play on the outside which that's not his suit when it comes to rushing the passer he's great on the outside when it comes to stopping the run yeah but he has a difficulty getting to the quarterback when he is playing from the outside of the defensive line i i mean that's that's just a situation to monitor and i think that in a lost season like this it's 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 iffy. We'll, like, we'll see what happens, obviously. Real quick before the end of the show, let's quickly talk about the rest of the season. It's week 11. It's our bye week. You know, we've, all, we've talked about a lot how the season's lost. The injuries just killed us. You know, you can't overcome these kind of injuries and having poor quarterback play. Um, but the next game when we return is on November 29th at the Los Angeles Rams. And do you think they can win this game? I, I don't think there's any chance they win this game. I think they're pissed about the fact that when the Niners were at least moderately healthy, Mostert ran all over them and Kittle killed them and they couldn't do anything. And now this Niner team is hampered with a, with a Nick Mullins. Who's might he might die by Aaron Donald um, because he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> he might die. Like I'm really worried about poor Nick Mullins life, but what do you think about this Los Angeles Rams game coming up? I Daniel Brunskill uh, owned, owned him. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that, that stays suit for that game. Um, I, I think they do have a shot because they will have Moster back, and that's the key to the offensive run game. Yeah. Uh, they'll also get Debo Samuel back. Unfortunately, they won't get Kittle back, but Jordan Reed, oh, my God, he's making one-handed catches out there. He looks fantastic. Awesome. He, he's obviously not George Kittle, but he looks great. So I'll, I'll give the 49ers that. I think what makes it tough is that you're going to have one of these receivers, whether it's, it's probably going to be Brandon Ayuk. We, we saw what Jalen Ramsey did at DK Metcalf. Who's Oof, like decaf a Metcalf came out. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's going to bode some 
some trouble if if Nick Mullins tries to go Brandon Ayuk's way. Um, but do I think it's a game they can win? Yes, because all I see saw that the Rams did yesterday was run a lot of power, which the 49ers are good against the run this year, mm-hmm. and just some play action passes. That's all their offense was yesterday that beat the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers, even with a ton of injuries, they're top five defense. So I think they can maintain this Rams offense. It'll come down to Nick Mullins against, against the Rams defense, honestly, because yeah, the Rams yeah. defense has been good this year. Yeah. I, I just don't trust. Be. I just don't trust Nick Mullins. I just don't like watching that saints game. It was like, they had a chance to win that game, but he's so bad that he can't overcome any adversity. And I think that's one of the things you're going to notice as we get through these games. I see only one win personally. Um, And I will let you know that one when we get to it. But Nick Mullins is not able to go into LA and beat that LA team. I just don't think there's any chance the hell he does it. I I think when Garoppolo was there, like I've said, Garoppolo was bad this year. But when he plays average football, which he did, he played average football against the Los Angeles Rams, they win. Right. What I'm saying, the reason I'm saying we need a quarterback is because we need above average to, to overcome adversity and overcome problems like the two muff punts yesterday. So that's the thing is I just don't see Mullins being able to beat this Los Angeles Rams team. But then on December 7th, they uh, play the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football at home at Levi's. And I think Josh Allen is going to have a day. And I just don't see – I don't see it. I, I just don't see this Buffalo team that's fighting – for their division, you know, their divisional lives at this point, because Miami is just blowing people away. I think how good they are. I think it's Buffalo and Miami fighting for the division. I don't see a way that, that the 49ers can pull this one out. What do you think? The only way the 49ers pull this one out is if Josh Allen continues to play the way he does on Mondays and Tuesdays. <sighs> so I think that's the best case for him is uh, well, not for him, but for the 49ers is this game's not on a Sunday It'll be on a Monday, so hopefully uh, Josh Allen can continue to have those weekday woes. Um, he treats them like if it's supposed to be his off day, and why am I playing here today? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the best thing for them. But uh, on paper, there's there's no way the 49ers should win that game just because not that they're not good enough. It's They're hurt. That's what Brett, it is. Brett, Brett will, help, will probably do pretty well against Diggs. It's just – they're so injured and the quarterback, like that was the thing is you saw t- when the Niners went down, it was like 10, 17 or something, or when it was 20 to 10, or I don't remember what it was. Everyone was like, this game's over because we know Nick Mullins cannot come back with the way that they're blitzing, the way they're playing defense against right. that. And Buffalo was going to do the same thing. Yes, they're right. not as good as the Saints, but are on defense, but they're still going to do the same thing. Everybody knows what Nick Mullins is. He's not an NFL quarterback. And so that's what they'll do. And that's why I think this next game on December 13th is a loss because the Washington football team has Chase Young and Chase Young is going to get to Nick Mullins all day. And Nick Mullins is not going to be able to. And I think the Washington football team's defense is actually pretty decent. Yes, their offense stinks, but they have scary Terry. And I like Antonio Gibson. I don't think the Washington football team is actually as bad as, as their record really says. I think that they have some talent and I think that, they just don't have a quarterback. I mean, and it, wouldn't it be funny if Alex Smith came into Levi's and just killed the 49ers? Honestly, that wouldn't surprise me because even though he's in year whatever, he's still playing very efficient football. Um, I'm going to give the 49ers that win over Washington. I'm not ready to call that yet, but I could see where you're going for this. Um, 
I would not be shocked by any means because they do have Terry McLaurin. I just don't think Washington has much of a run game and that's going to be their issue playing against the 49ers because while they have Terry McLaurin, they have Jason Brett on the other side. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I do like the 49ers chances in that game. Yeah. Jason Brett factor. And then, so December 20th at Dallas, this is where I think the 49ers get their last win of the season. The Dallas Cowboys are awful. And I think their quarterback is Cooper Rush. Is that, am I right? Who is their quarterback? I think Dalton's now? supposed to start this Sunday. Dalton, uh, so from Dalton's what I saw, he was on pace to start. I, the thing is, the Dallas Cowboys, their defense was already bad when Dak was there. Dak was just able to overcome it with offensive play. But Andy Dalton's bad. The, look for the Niners to get a lot of sacks against the Dallas Cowboys, I think. I, I, the Cowboys, they are just awful without Dak Prescott. Like, that's why I don't get why Jerry Jones wouldn't pay them or pay him because like, look at how, look at the difference between having Dak and not having Dak. Yeah. It, they weren't winning too much with Dak, but I think they could have possibly turned that season around. Um, they're looking like what happened with Peyton Manning when he went down for th- with the Colts, like they can't even stay in a game by the time the fourth quarter comes around. Exactly. Yeah. And so the final two games at the Arizona Cardinals, I said on this show last week, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win the NFC West. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to win the NFC West. They're going to take advantage of the fact that you're injured and they're going to take you out most likely. Um, I, this was a win back when Garoppolo was healthy and the team was a lot more healthy, but now it's certainly a loss just because I just don't think that they can put up with that team. What Kyler Murray's doing, what that defense is, how that defense is playing. Nick Mullins is going to play scared. And I'm hoping by this time we're looking at Josh Johnson at quarterback. Oh man, that you're talking about intriguing times, huh? Josh Johnson. Uh, I think Nick Mullins still gives them the better chance to win. Although Josh Johnson does add that mobility. So I would like to see a mobile quarterback in this system before it's Zach Wilson. So I do find that interesting. Um, Cardinals. I I think they do have a chance. Obviously I don't, I don't even need to touch on the Cowboys game. That's a win. Um, Cardinals. I think they still have a, a chance because outside of George Kittle, they should have their offense that game and Jordan Reed's, playing like a top 12 tight end so I, I like their chances in that um defense is still playing top five but it, it's it's I obviously can't say the 49ers should be favored in that game it's it's gonna be well, Arizona, I don't think they're but I like their chances games except for the Dallas game I think the Dallas game is the only game they might be favored in and I mean maybe they'll be favored in the Washington game because but depending on what the football team does with Alex Smith going forward but they're mm-hmm. not favored in any of these games and the final game is against Seattle, who they can't beat even when Jimmy Garoppolo and Rothman Mostert are healthy. So, I mean, like, and it's not, and it's not even, it's the injuries. It comes down to the injuries, and it comes down to the fact that the quarterback is not an NFL quarterback. That's why I don't think they win a lot of these games. If they had a quarterback, even if they had Jimmy Garoppolo, we might be talking a little different. Because Garoppolo, if he plays average football and, you know, Shanahan schemes things, but the, the biggest problem we've had all year is I feel like Shanahan's getting frustrated with Mullins and Garoppolo because he's having to do so much for these guys. He's having to do so much to make them not make mistakes, to give them chances to score on these plays. And it's, it's a bummer, but I'm hoping with these losses and the fact that we're dealing with this, you know, lost season, they can fix the biggest problem as we talked about last week. 
And that's where Shanahan gets so frustrated is they're not asking Garoppolo to do much. This last game, he finally called a Garoppolo-like game for Mullins and not try to get so much air yards out of him or try to scheme things up downfield. Um, it, I see it's Shanahan said, okay, I'm going to call the game plan I want to call with Nick Mullins in because if Nick Mullins fails, that's not on me. It's a backup quarterback. You can't really blame me. But this game, you saw the competitiveness come from Shanahan, and he wanted to win once again for his team. So he called a Jimmy-like game for Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins failed badly, and I think that's why the 49ers will go with the quarterback in round one. Exactly. And that's the thing, guys. Bye week. We're here. The season hasn't gone that way. Look forward to the future. That's what we're going to try and do the best we can on this show. Thanks for coming on, Leo. I really appreciate it. If people want to check out your stuff, how can they check it out? So you could uh, go ahead and check me out at on Twitter at Leo Luna 93, as well as sports illustrated, all 49ers. You'll see my featured articles there. I should be having a great one coming up soon with a couple of players. Uh, just got to get clearance on that fingers crossed as well as uh, tapped in sports on YouTube. For sure. And you can check me out at nine or eight 49 on Twitter. Make sure you like and subscribe and check out the podcast feed. A lot of different stuff on there. A lot of people trying to, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about with this, with a lost season. And with you have a team that's still this talented, there's a lot of good things to still look at and a lot of things to look forward to. Still check out all the different shows we have on. No more injuries. Go Niners. Enjoy the bye week, everybody. Root for the Carolina Panthers. Root for the Atlanta Falcons to win some games so we can keep moving up in that draft order and get our guy. Hopefully it's Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Trey Lance. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. We're out.